You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host David Drogemeyer, and on today's show, we are also joined by John Kegley as well, one of the original founding members of the Locked On Chargers podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are three riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and this is our third season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into all of our new listeners. We really appreciate you checking out the show, and thank you to all of our loyal listeners to come back today to listen to us break down this game against the Miami Dolphins this weekend. Tua versus Herbert, I think all has us feeling excited slash nervous, but we're going to start the show with the injury report because Joey Bosa has been in practice all week but has not been cleared from concussion protocol yet. But we did see Trey Turner fully participate in practice, so we'll get into that. And Justin Jackson's availability for the game and much more. But we are also going to get into our keys for success. We're going to start with the offense, talk about what Justin Herbert and them boys need to do, hopefully not turn the ball over at all. That's going to be a big thing. And then flip it over to the defensive side of the ball to figure out how to corral Tua Tagovailoa because he's slippery back there. So we'll be getting into all that before our bold and game predictions to wrap up the show. But let's go ahead and get into it. For the first time in a long time on Thursday, Chargers starting right guard Trey Turner was able to fully participate in practice and his status is looking good for this weekend's game against the Dolphins. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. The Chargers have a very small injury report this week. Probably the best looking report we've gotten from the Chargers since the beginning of the season because it's not just the amount of players that are on the list for the Chargers which is only six players at this point but almost all of them were able to practice and the one that Chargers fans I think I've gotten the most excited about David is Trey Turner who hasn't played for the Chargers since week two he got injured during practice before the game against the Carolina Panthers and now for the first time in forever seemingly he was able to fully participate in practice and that's good news for the Chargers going up against a good defense this weekend. It is absolutely massive news, Daniel. It seems like it's been forever since we've been able to watch Trey Turner out there. He played most of the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, but other than that, he has been out with this nagging groin injury. He was limited on Wednesday, but was a full participant on Thursday. Anytime you are trending up in the right direction, that is definitely what you want to see on the injury report. Also, the guy that is going to be next to him, Brian Bulaga, the right tackle, was limited in participant both days with the back injury. At least he's able to practice. It will more than likely be a game-time decision for Brian Bulaga, but there is a good chance you could see 
both the right guard and the right tackle that you envisioned on this offensive line out there for you on Sunday. Switching things over to the defensive side of the ball, Joey Bosa was a limited participant in practice both days, participating only in individual drills because he has yet to officially clear concussion protocol. Although the fact that he has been able to practice is a good sign, he'll have an opportunity to get through the protocol before Sunday, and if he does, then he should be nice and healthy, nice and rested to go into this game and try to affect Tua Tangavailoa on Sunday against the Dolphins. And that will be a huge boost for the Chargers defense because we saw how much their pass rush was affected by him not being out there last weekend against the Las Vegas Raiders. So you would think as far as his body goes, he's about as healthy as he's been all season after some nagging injuries, but he just has to pass those protocols, which like you said, he should have an opportunity to do. And if he does, there's almost no chance he doesn't play in this game. But another player that does not look like they're going to play in this game is running back Justin Jackson which sucks for him because he had what was described as a freak-type injury before the game last Sunday and put a brace on it. They said he was going to be able to come back in if they needed him, but he was never able to do it. And Anthony Lynn said earlier in the week that they're probably just going to rest Justin Jackson this week. So it's really doubtful that he would play after not being able to participate in practice all week. And what that's going to mean is for the first time this season, David, Troy Main Pope and Kalen Bellage will try to keep the Chargers running attack going. Yes, exactly, Daniel. And good things for Troy Main Pope is that he has been cleared from concussion protocol and he has practiced fully both days, meaning he is definitely on track to play Sunday. And that's a good thing for the Chargers. They're going to get a look at what decisiveness of Troy Main Pope and the power of Kalen Balaj looks like for the Chargers running game on Sunday. Also, one little tidbit I saw on Twitter is Austin Eckler dropping some major hints that he is going to be ready to come back very soon. He posted a video of himself running, looking very fast, looking very fit. So it seems like the Chargers could be getting their best running back back very, very soon. Seems like Austin Eckler might be joining the Chargers offense in the coming weeks. Also, one little thing about the Dolphins, uh, per Tom Pelissero, the Dolphins are placing linebacker Kyle Van Noy and defense lineman Christian Wilkins and practice squad wide receiver Matt Cole on the reserve COVID list, and they're removing wide receiver running back Lynn Bowden from the list, I am told. So a lot of COVID-19 movement for the Miami Dolphins. Losing Christian Wilkins is a big loss, as well as Kyle Van Noy, a guy they gave a lot of money to in the offseason. Yeah, anytime you have anything COVID-related, it's hard to know what's going to happen with that if they're false positives or if they are able to come back and get cleared off of that list. But that's two huge pieces for the Miami Dolphins defense, which has been a top-five scoring defense in the league so far this season. So all of those things will be important. And for Austin Eckler, him telling his fantasy football fans, hey, if you kept me on your team, I'm coming back soon, I think is a great sign for this team who could be having Chris Harris Jr. who's been on injured reserve coming back pretty soon here as well. So the Chargers getting healthy at the right time and they're going to need it against a good Miami Dolphins team on Sunday. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have to get into our keys for success offensively and talk about what Justin Herbert and what the and the rest of the offense are going to have to do to find success this weekend. But first, I need to tell you guys that this football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Like I just told you, I'm really excited to watch what Justin Herbert does on Sunday against one of the better defenses he's going to play all year, and Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. 
All right, guys. Well, it's time to do what we do every week, and that is get into our keys for success. And we're going to start with the offensive side of the ball and talk about Justin Herbert, Troy May Pope, Kalen Blage, and these wide receivers going up against a pair of really tough corners. But, John, when you're looking at this game for the Chargers offense, which is where I think this game will really be made, I mean, what are the Chargers offense? Is this Chargers offense going to be able to sustain its really good scoring streak? I mean, over 30 points per game over the last five games against a very good, very opportunistic Miami Dolphins defense. Well, I think you're going to have to really focus more on your side of it with turnovers than you are about scoring on your side. As you mentioned earlier in the show, the Dolphins are a top five scoring defense. So if you're getting interceptions or fumbles, you're giving them opportunities to score without even Tua being on the field. I know everyone's thinking this is Tua versus Herbert, but this is really... Herbert and the Chargers offense versus that Dolphins defense. And you're going to have to avoid the turnovers, but you can also try to catch the Dolphins cheating a little bit. They like to jump routes, try to overread some running plays. So you can really catch them on play actions or even quick slants. If you, if you look at Herbert's throws, he's throwing these right in a small window sometimes and he's money. I think Herbert should take a chance on some of those. Even like a quick slant can go for 40 yards if a Dolphins player overreads it. I think they got to really take their chances on Dolphin players over-pursuing and over-reading routes and running plays. Yeah, especially because we know that the Dolphins are going to blitz. They are top five blitzing team in the NFL. And so far, Justin Herbert has done very well against the blitz, but they're going to test that. So having hot reads with Keenan Allen ready to be set up is going to be super important because... Even with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, I mean, if you're talking about those guys, like one-on-one against Keenan Allen, man-to-man in a you know cover zero look, I'm going to put my money on Keenan Allen being able to get open and pick up a lot of yards after the catch, especially because everybody else is going to be trying to get after the quarterback. The other thing I think, too, will be having screen passes set up because this is a very aggressive team. A lot of times they'll line a bunch of guys up near the line of scrimmage and they'll drop some of them as well, but they do blitz a lot and they bring you know, six defenders, seven defenders, even at times. They'll bring the kitchen sink. So for the Chargers to be able to have those hot reads set up, to be able to have a counterattack to some pressure that they know is coming, I think will be super important as well as just staying ahead of the chains, getting yourself into non non-obvious passing situations, I think is another thing that will really help. David, what are you looking for from the Chargers offense this week? So for me, what I'm looking for watching the tape on the Miami Dolphins, obviously on the outside, we know they have two very talented corners, as you mentioned, Daniel. So for me, one of my keys for success is I was looking for another avenue to exploit, and I saw that opponents were taking advantage of inside the numbers. So I want to attack the middle of the field. The the Dolphins are strong on the outside, but they're a lot weaker and more vulnerable over the middle of the football field. So this should be a good game for Hunter Henrys, good game for Mike Williams, good game for... Uh, Keenan Allen, if they target him over the middle, get them over the middle, get them in between the numbers. It's the soft soft part of this Miami Dolphins defense. You're going to find a lot of success if you do that. Well, that's what happens when teams blitz a lot. They leave the middle open usually, or they'll sneak someone in zone right back. They'll send, say, two linebackers on a blitz, and one guy goes in zone. So it's up to Herbert to make a careful read, too, because that's where the pick six is going to happen. But you're right. When they blitz a lot, there's going to be a lot of plenty of open opportunities in the middle of that field. Hunter Henry might be your X factor for this game, really. And we thought he might be last week, you know, and he just ended up having a modest game. And like we talked about on a couple shows ago, I mean, Hunter Henry has been targeted a lot 
by Justin Herbert. So I hope that they can kind of get that connection going early because we have seen some, you know, outbreaking routes and things from Hunter Henry where Justin Herbert is like airmailing him or throwing it five feet ahead of him. There's just something they haven't really been able to get on the same page with. And I think that that's been hurting them a little bit, but they should have their opportunities now. I mean, the Dolphins defense has been really good, but the biggest thing that they do is get those turnovers, which I mean, really just affects the entire game. And they have a takeaway in 14 straight games. I know that uh, Kyle Krabs said yesterday it was 17, but it's actually 14 straight games. But that's crazy. I mean, the Chargers, I mean, you'll be lucky to get one every week. And this is a team that has done it consistently. David, we've seen, you know, Justin Herbert have his first game of the season where there were no passes during the entire game that were either intercepted or probably should have been intercepted. And with all of these things happening for the Dolphins defense trying to bring a lot of pressure he's going to get put to the test again he's going to have to make sure he's making good decisions he absolutely is going to have to continue to make good decisions fortunately for Justin Herbert and for Chargers fans this year Justin Herbert has a passer rating of over 101 when he is blitzed so so far this season he has made the right decision when the the other team has been coming after him. But uh, also, you know, I want to add on to what you said uh, about some quick throws. I mean, quick throws, get the ball out of it, slow down that pass rush, don't let them attack you. But also, you need to run the football because as good as the Miami Dolphins are against the pass, they are absolutely atrocious against the run. Kyler Murray and the running backs absolutely tore the Miami Dolphins defense apart running the football. The Miami Dolphins are giving up over 130 rushing yards per game, so the Chargers should look to give the ball to Kalen Bellage and Troy Main Pope quite a bit as another way to slow down this pass rush and to just keep yourself in manageable down and distance situations. The running game should be available, and you should look to use it. Yeah, and Justin Herbert is included in that. I mean, I'm not expecting, you know, Kyler Murray over 100 rushing yards in this game, but those read option plays, we saw him open up a really nice play for Kalen Blosh for 14 yards last week. But that was only because on the first play of the game for the Chargers offense, he kept that ball and got like an 11-yard gain on it and a first down. So I think all three of those guys are going to have to be efficient in this game, and they were in the last game. But, John, I mean, I'm just excited to see, you know, Troy Main Pope and Kalen Blosh out there on the same time. I mean, we've really only seen one big game for each of these guys, but up till this point, they hadn't even really been on the team or active at the same time at the same time this season and they really just are a breath of fresh air in that running game because they're both pretty decisive they both run really hard and they're both falling forward so I'm really excited to see what the Chargers running game can look like in a seemingly good matchup we've seen them fail in that situation before but with these two guys I feel good about their chances hey man I love what you said they fall forward they are aggressive fight for every yard type of running backs especially Kalen Balage. oh my god Against the Raiders, he was lowering that shoulder, and Raider players were falling on their back while making tackles. I'm excited just to see Kalen Balaj alone, but having Tremaine Pope back, who was exploding around the corner, exploding through gaps, making plays all around the field just in the running game alone, that's a one-two punch that we have coming in. It's not an Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, or a Ryan Matthews, Mike Tolbert. It's a Kalen Balaj, Tremaine Pope, two guys that are not even – really expected to be anything great and here they are taking over the show i'm excited to see this as well and it's going to be a really big part for the chargers to help keep your defense fresh because this miami weather it's not the greatest and it's going to really wear down your team so if you use that one-two punch keep your defense fresh it'll help you a lot but if you're not moving the ball 
getting first downs is going to be big. If you're getting three and outs, that defense is going to be tired by the second quarter, and two is going to just rain, rain free. Yeah, I mean, two, I will be getting into the next segment, and I'm, I'm not liking you know, the Chargers' defense's chances of totally containing him. I know he's only played one full game, but that's more of an indictment on the Chargers' defense. But sticking with the offense, I mean, last week we saw the Chargers get three late red zone drives. Only one of them ended up in a touchdown. One was a field goal, and one was the bizarre sequence at the end of the game. You have to get that cleaned up this week, especially against a good defense. If you get down there, you have to put it in. And I, the other thing I just had for the last key I'll get into really quickly is for the offensive line, being able to have the communication, you know, not knowing who is going to be the starting five right now to pick up these blitzes and all those things and potentially going max protect to see if you can find a deep shot to Jalen Guyton because last week they did get beat a couple of times deep. And I think if you're going to blitz everyone like we saw with Jalen Guyton against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you're leaving him one-on-one in an island with somebody, I mean, he just has the speed and they've shown they have that connection even on quick throws. So I would say look out for that as well because I do want to see some explosive shots in this game because I'm not sure the Chargers will be able to consistently keep drives going, even though that's what they should do, especially playing in that heat. But we do want to get into our keys for success for the defense and containing Tua in that Chargers offense and not letting them get their running game going coming up right after this. All right, well, it's time to flip it over and get into the defensive keys for success. And there's a lot of things on my mind for this game, and especially not knowing, you know, what Chargers defense is going to show up and and at what point of the game that they're going to show up. But, David, when you're looking for what you want to see out of this Chargers defense before we get into our predictions and everything, what are you looking at first? So for me, uh, I mean, watching the tape, watching Tua Tangavailoa, he is great in the pocket. He can move around. He can extend the play. So uh, I want you to, I want to keep him in the pocket. Don't don't let him get out of the pocket and extend plays and run. That's where he is so dangerous. So keep you know your pass rush coming around the end ends. Don't let him get out and run the run run with the football and extend the play. That's when he is going to be at his most dangerous. So try to keep him contained as much as possible in the pocket. When I think the one way you do that, especially with Tua, who, like I said at the beginning of the show, he's slippery. You know, he's gotten out of some things. But when the pocket starts to collapse around him, he does get some happy feet. And he does kind of go down a little bit early at times when he's not, you know, pulling some magic tricks out of there. So I do think that is a key for this game. But when you're talking about a guy like Tua, I would like to see, John, we talked about this a little bit before the show, Blitz him. I mean, I have the numbers right here. Tua so far this season against the Blitz, only completing 52.6% of his passes, only 4.2 yards per attempt, which is awful, and a passer rating of 80.8. He did go 6 of 8 in the second half of the last game against the Cardinals, so he was getting better. But against no Blitz this season, he's completing almost 73% of his passes, 8.2 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 117.1. So there's an obvious difference there. But, John, when you when we're talking about bringing a blitz, I want to see a specific kind of blitz. I want to see the Chargers bring a corner off of the edge or bring somebody athletic off the edge to chase down Tua. And that's something that with Derwin James we've seen him do. I mean, whether it's Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, when you blitz Derwin James, he just has such a better chance of actually bringing the quarterback down because he is more athletic. He's not going to get shook, you know, like some of these defensive tackles do. So, Blitz, please, Gus Bradley, and collapse the pocket around Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, preach, my brother, preach. I've been thinking this week about what would happen if we sent more of our athletic guys 
on a blitz after these scrambling QBs. So to hear you say it as well makes me feel a lot more confident that I'm not just some crazy guy with weird football thoughts. But yes, you got to send. Okay, maybe, maybe. (laughs) But you definitely got to send the blitz after Tua. You have to have pressure on him. When he was playing against the Rams, that defensive line just by themselves with a four-man rush was getting in there and disrupting things. They won that game because of their defense and special teams. Tua took a whole entire quarter just to finally put a touchdown drive together, but that was basically one of two good drives that he had that whole entire game. Tua's not really going to put the whole entire team on his back if he's getting blitzed, but if you sit back and do the Gus Bradley defense, he'll definitely put that whole team on his back. Pressure is key. Can't just win this game with a four-man rush. You got to send a linebacker or something. You, we were even talked about before the show. Kenneth Murray coming off the side, that can go well with a corner blitz. That can go well with the safety blitz. Just someone who's more athletic and fast that can keep up with a scrambling QB who's also elusive. Right, right. and we could see some quarterbacks by hopefully this week as well. If you're not going to do it, at least make sure somebody is at least paying attention to it because you know with Kenneth Murray, whose strong suit is obviously not coverage right now it's being fast being physical having somebody like him coming off the edge who has a better chance to tackle the quarterback or even spying on Kenneth on on Tua Tagovailoa I mean I think that is something that I would like to see but another thing I want to see in this game David is from the Chargers defensive front seven and that is to contain the running game because the Dolphins haven't really been able to run the football well this season. They're only averaging 3.6 yards per carry as a team so far this year. Obviously, you don't want to let Tua get involved in that or pick up some key first downs. But for this Chargers off for this Dolphins offense, I just want them to keep that down. If you can get them, you know, if you can stuff the run on first and ten, get to a second and eleven. If you can get them into third and long situations, it's going to help your pass rush so much. It's going to make them more predictable. So. For me, don't let that start get going because we've seen bad teams do it against the Chargers before. The Chargers have to be able to control the line of scrimmage on that side of the ball. They absolutely do, and we know that the Chargers don't blitz a lot, but when they do blitz, is on third and long. We, we've seen the, the stats to back that up a few shows ago. We talked about how they're blitzing on 36% of third downs this year, which is the highest, highest percentage down that they send the blitz. So, yes, get them in those third and long situations and send the house. That's when we know Gus Bradley is going to blitz more often than not. For me, my last key for success on the defensive side is watch out for the rollout they love to get to a tango out in space letting him roll out and throw on the run it's something that he does exceptionally well it's something that the dolphins were wise to put in the the game plan and the playbook because they know watching tape of him and at alabama that is something that he did a lot in a lot of football games and had a lot of success. So watch the rollout and be very, very sound with your technique and plaster on your guy. Defenders, corners, stay on your guy wherever they go. Try to stick on them like glue. Yeah, he doesn't need a very big space to get through, John. But I think even though it's not you know a defensive key for success, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least touch on special teams because I do think it'll be so important in this game. Jakeem, Jakeem Grant is one of the most explosive return men in the league. He already had a touchdown a couple of weeks ago against the Rams, and the Chargers are coming off one of their worst special teams games of the season. So I just can't preach how important it is for the Chargers to not only you know take care of their field goals and the mainstream special team stuff like that, but you know your lane integrity on kickoffs, like staying in your lane, being disciplined, and making tackles in special teams and on defense will be very important. 
Yeah, special teams is going to be huge, and the big reason for that is that's how the Dolphins get some of their points. When Tua struggles, the defense and the special teams save them with scoring, and special teams will definitely get kick return, a punt return, anything like that going. But with the Chargers, special teams has hurt them a lot this year. You mentioned Michael Badgley. Those missed field goals were big differences in some of these games, but... You cannot allow big returns either. You have to give them a decent returning against the Raiders. The Dolphins will take advantage of it. They got some speedy guys that return the balls. You have to have your containment. And I've, I would like to even mention block a punt. For, for Pete's sake, block a punt for once in your life, Chargers. Make this Do it for momentum Drew Tranquil. swinging play. Yeah, yes. because they don't have Drew Tranquil. <laughs> yes. For, for Pete's sake, get a block punt and try to get a momentum-changing play that really just takes the air out of that Dolphins 60-degree sideline. Yeah, maybe have you know Joe Reed return some kicks as well because that's kind of, at this point, seemingly why you drafted him at all. So let him get back there. Keep him active for the game because a big special teams play like that could be the difference in a game like this. But it's time to put our money where our mouth is and get into these predictions. And I want to start with bold predictions. So, David, let's start with you. What is your bold prediction for this game against the Dolphins? Well, if you guys were paying attention to some of my keys for success earlier in this one, you might have an idea of where I'm going with my bold prediction. And that is going to be that Hunter Henry is going to exploit the middle of that football field. And he is going to have a lot of success. He's going to have the biggest game of the season that he's had. And that's going to be 130 yards on eight catches with two of those being touchdowns. That's like 400 Henry games right now (laughs) combined. From what he's been able to do this season. I would like to see him get in the end zone, though. That would be really nice. John, you always go bold. Where are you going this week? I'm going to stick with that one-two punch I mentioned earlier. Tormey Pope and Kalen mm. Balaj both go for 100 yards and a TD each. All right, well, I got I got a special bowl prediction for you. I'm going all special teams in this one. I'm going to say we do something we haven't seen since Darren Sproles, I believe, John. I'm sure you can correct me after this. I'm going to say... K.J. Hill bounces back from a muff punt last week and takes one back to the house. And Joe Reed takes a kickoff return back to the house as well. So big-time special teams plays from a couple of rookies and one who desperately needs a bounce back this week. And I don't even know if Joe Reed's going to play. So that's what makes it especially bold. But I think it would be the first time since Sproles, right, John? Yeah, I would have. To, I would believe you are correct on that one. I think since then we've only had a kickoff return by Richard Goodman. I think Travis Benjamin had a punt return for a touchdown. I think that's basically he had a couple, all the success yeah. you've had. He had a couple, yeah. And Desmond King, a couple of those games. But, I mean, I don't even remember the last time we saw a kickoff return. It might have been Richard Goodman. So, either way, I mean, that's pretty bold. But let's get into our game predictions. David, you are the optimist. If there's one of us that's going to pick the Chargers to win this week, and I believe it, it's going to be you. So, what are you thinking for this game against the Dolphins? Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I just can't be a fool any longer. I'm, I've been burned <laughs> too many times by the Chargers. The last two weeks and, especially. And taking care of business, man. And so, for me, they got to prove it to me. they got to show, show me that they can go out there and win a football game before I'm going to pick them to win a game again this season. So, for Ooh. that reason, I'm going to go. Honestly, this is a little bit of reverse psychology, so it's a little optimistic too, but I, I do have the Dolphins winning 30-24. to 24. And uh, as John, I'm sure, will tell you, the history with the Chargers traveling to Miami is not very good. All right, but I'm going to hold on to that next week if you uh, 
If the Chargers lose this weekend, you're going to have to pick the Jets to win next weekend. Oh, I will. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, tired. Right. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I know. I just want to get that out there. I mean, John already said he thinks the Chargers are going to lose that game. So, either way, uh, John, what do you think is going to happen this week? And you can tell us the horror stories of, you know, the Chargers going to Miami. So, it would be their first double-digit loss of the season because every game this year the Chargers have lost has been a one-score game. I'm not feeling great about it either. I kind of think the Chargers might, you know, backdoor cover a touchdown spread in this one. It's not a touchdown spread, but um, I have it as 30 to 24 in this. So a six point game might be a late score for the Chargers, but I think it comes down to this. The Miami Dolphins are a better football team right now than the Chargers are. I mean, the Chargers are plenty talented or whatever, you know, they've gone head to head with some really good teams, but the Dolphins special teams is playing well. The Dolphins defense is playing exceptionally well. And then the weakest, most questionable part of their team is their offense, but they also get to go up against the Chargers defense. So unless the Chargers defense pulls their head out of their ass this week and decides they want to play a full game, I think that's the only way the Chargers win this game, but I'm not feeling great about that from what we've seen so far this season. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys on Monday, hopefully talking about Justin Herbert forever being better than Tua Tonga by Loa. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify. That is always the fastest and easiest way to get the show, and you can find us wherever you get your podcast from. But if you guys want to leave your voicemail reactions and questions this weekend for the game against the Dolphins, then the voicemail line is 323-524-7924, and we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys on Monday. Hopefully it'll be a victory Monday for the first time in a few weeks. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.